Thank you, pastors, for those words. Sorry, I'm going to move this a little bit because, you know, I'm Latino and I use my hands a lot, so I might hit something. Um, just to get us started, um, it is Missions Month, and I brought some brochures. I'm going to leave them at the back if any of you want to take some. And basically, it's about our missions offering for our convention, and it's GMO Global Missions Offering. And, and this missions offering is for local missions, it is for international missions, and it is for training churches on missions. So you're giving to three things. And inside, you're going to see uh, a little bit of a, a story of youth that went to Guatemala. And there's a little bit of a, a story there of Guatemala that this church as a group that goes every year. And the lovely girl on the cover there is my daughter. Uh, I didn't pick her. The one who printed this decided to put her there. So I go, oh, okay, my daughter's there. That's cool. So anyways, that's part of the, the little uh, story that she wrote. So you can understand that this offering is used for international mission, is used for church strengthening. So there's a story there about a Filipino church that was trained on evangelism and is sharing the gospel boldly and they're growing immensely. And then uh, North American mission is for local missions to plant churches across Canada. And there's a story there about a young guy who used to be in, in gangs in Toronto and he converted and now he's planting like four churches. So it's amazing what God does when we give to missions, and this offering is used for that. We also have a new missionary from our, she just graduated last semester. Her name is Elia, and we can't mention her name online or anywhere, but uh, we use a missional name because she's in a high-security country. She's going to South Asia, and she can lose her life if she gets caught sharing the gospel. So the name that we use is Elena. And Elena in Hebrew means oak tree. Because this girl, she's just like a oak tree. She's so strong and tough for missions. And she's been to India, you know, just volunteering for the past four years. And she felt God's calling her to mission. She came to seminary, did her master's, and she's now getting training in Richmond and leaves on the mission field on December. So pray for her. Um, because she's going there by herself to be part of a team. She's going to a high-security country. And we have to be careful. Everything we say about her, and, and you know, if you, if you go to our webpage and there's stuff about her, and you see when her face is shown, it's blurry. Uh, it's a different name because we can't mention who she is because she's in a high-security country. So this is what missionaries do to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Um, and our missionary offering is, is based on, on on Lottie Moon and she was a young girl that went to China and she was the one that started planting probably some of the first churches in China and, and she started a movement and came back and said to her church, nobody knows Jesus in China so I want to go back and preach the gospel and they took up an offering on Christmas and sent her back and she stayed there until you know, the end of her life, planted many churches, and many missionaries started going, and all the churches across the U.S., and then in Canada, started giving on Christmas to the missions offering, so we can send missionaries all around the world. Isn't that great? That's how the story be, was, you know, it was originated, and I'm going to put my phone here, because I'm Latino, and if I don't take time of what I'm saying, I can speak forever. So... 
Don't think that I'm looking at my, my, my phone here. I'm just looking at the timer. All right, so. <laughs> so, um, but I just wanted to share with you today what God is doing around the world, the amazing things that are happening, and what mission demands. And, you know, when you go on mission trips, if you haven't gone on a mission trip, take the time to go. There's a good group of guys here that go to Guatemala, you know, every year, and I've seen the amazing things that have happened. You know, missionaries are born. Some of our teammates that have gone have come to know Christ on the mission field. Now, you can't get more missional than that, that people you're taking with you have come to know Jesus. Isn't that great? So that's what God is doing. You know, when I went to a mission trip to Venezuela, I was a year believer. And my pastor said, we're going to Venezuela, so start saving money every month. So we're all saving money. You know, we have to pay our own ticket. And it was in Venezuela when I was preaching the gospel in the mountains. I said, I'm going to make it to the last White House. And I made it. And I was frustrated because on the way there, nobody accepted Christ. But at that White House, there was a family reunion. There was like 25 people in there. And almost all the adults that were there accepted Christ and came to the service that night. So I'm running down the mountain all excited. I want to tell the pastor what has happened. And I'm so like pumped. I go, man, I want to do this for the rest of my life. You know, I don't even want to go home and, and work managing condominiums. God, this is what I want to do the rest of my life. And I went and kneeled under a mango tree. And it was mango seasons and the mangoes were falling. And I, you know, I just, I just started praying and I gave a and I'm praying, I go, Lord, I want to be a pastor. I want to give my life to your work. Boom, a mango hits me in the head. Mango juice all over my shirt. And I don't know if that was a yes or I know, but I took it as a yes. Because next to it, there was a coconut tree. So I'm thinking, <laughs> if it was a no, maybe a coconut would have knocked me out. But I felt like God was just slapping me and saying, what are you waiting for? Yeah, you like that story. Eh? What are you waiting for? Go on the mission field. So imagine, it was in that mission trip that I decided to be a pastor. I, I, was, um, I was at SYC, and, and you know, I made an invitation, those who want to go share the gospel and those who want to be missionaries. And, and both my children, Rebecca and David, kneeled at the front, and I, along with a lot of other kids from BC. And, you know, I, I was praying about it, and... and, and when we got home, I said to my daughter, hey, she goes, Dad, are you going to be okay when we leave? I go, how do you know I'm thinking about that? Because, you know, you're so protective of us, and, you know, I'm so protective of my family, and I try to take care of them. I go, you know, babe, when it comes to missions, you're out of my hands. This is God who's going to watch over you, so I'm fine with it. I'm proud of you. So, you know, I don't know how many of you, you have that itch in your heart that, you feel like God's calling you to, to missions overseas. I don't know if any of you here are feeling that way. And if you are, start praying about it and listen to God. Because not everybody gets that call. Not everybody has that thinking about the foreign lands. But you know, one thing all of you have to have is a missional heart where you are. Don't wait to get on a plane to think of missions. Missions should be lived here where you are. 
It is a matter of life and death. You have to be ready to share the gospel and to, you know, share who Jesus is and start by saving your own people. I've been driving here in Vancouver and I mean, there are Asians everywhere. All kinds. I even saw a 16, 17-year-old Asian with a young girl with a Lamborghini. I couldn't catch up to her to share Christ, you know, she was too fast, but there's all kinds of Asians here, and you know, I know they're not saved. Even one Asian, I turn in a red light, usually when I look at people, I don't notice, but you know, I don't have a friendly face, unless I'm smiling, you know. But I'm thinking, and I'm looking at it, and usually when I look at people, they look away. But this Asian just stay looking at me like, I go, okay, that's a different type of Asian there. And I waved at him and I drove off. And you can tell he needs Jesus. When was the last time you told someone who Christ is in your life? When was the last time you had lost Asians eating at your house? When was the last time you went to work and just said, you know, Merry Christmas, Jesus was born. Missions begins here. Missions begins when you leave out of those doors. And I know sometimes we get comfortable because we, you have a really good group here. But if we're talking statistically, your culture, your people, we can get way higher than this. Because they're everywhere. If I were walking around Cochrane and I saw as many Latinos as I saw Asians today, I'd be so excited. I'd go, I have a lot to reach. Because we're planning a Spanish church in Cochrane. Because I met five families in Cochrane, I said, it's time to plant a church. Now, how many churches do you need to plant? How do you need to multiply? Because that's what missions is. Missions is try to reach everyone in whatever God is asking you to do. So think about it, you being missional. Missions is directing your life to lostness. Did you hear that? Missions is directing your life to lostness. Because when we become Christians, it is easy to direct our lives to church. You all directed your life to church today. And that's a good thing. But from Monday to Saturday, are you directing your life to lostness? Are you taking the time to connect with lost people around you? How many disciples have you made this year? And I know I sound annoying. People will tell me, oh, Jesus, you give us all these statistics. I go, but the New Testament is like that. They went from house to house, from temple to temple. And God added a hundred. And God added a thousand. He added because they were passionate in reaching the lost. And that's what mission is. And that's what you should think about. So if you turn to your Bibles in 1 Corinthians 9... Verses 19 to 26. Here's a story of what Paul tells us how we should live our missional life. Look what it says starting in verse 19. Oh, I love to hear pages. You guys are bringing your Bibles. That's good. Okay. Look what it says. Verse 19. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. From verse 19 we're going to read. Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. 
to the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so that as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I'm, I'm under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. To the weak I became weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. Verse 24, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who complete, competes in the games goes into strict training. They, they do it to get the crown that will not last. But we do it to get the crown that lasts forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Paul is saying a lot of things in this text of what missions is. And you know, sometimes we ask ourselves, what is the key to missions? People ask me, Caesar, when you were in Europe, you know, what was the key to saving people? And you know, I wanted to find, I try to sound really smart and, and maybe say a really good quote or when leaders for IMB would come visit me in Spain and they would tell me, Caesar, how did you baptize so many Spaniards in, in a year? Because that's unheard of. They're strong Catholics. They're not going to get baptized. But you've been baptizing Spaniards. What, is, what are you doing? So when my team leader, I wanted to sound, you know, like, give a really good answer. But you know, it comes down with what Paul is talking about here. Giving time to lost. Being with them. Talking to them. Listening to them. No matter how uncomfortable it will be. And if you want to be missional, don't wait till you go on a mission trip to be missional. If you're not passionate about reaching lostness where you are, it's not going to grow with you when you're in the foreign land, a missionary said. Missions begins here. Missions is for all believers. It is for all of you who are here today. And God is telling you today through His Word, it is time to go get lost people. According to the Apostle Paul, the most important is to become all things to all, so that by all possible means, you might save some. Jesus is that example. Christ is the number one example of becoming something in order to save you. The Word became flesh. Jesus became flesh and made His dwelling among, among us. And because of His Word has been His glory. He became sin for us. He took on Him sin. He left His throne and came to this world. He became flesh to feel what we feel and to die for us. What do you need to become to save people? What steps do you need to make? And now don't get confused. 
It doesn't mean like you got to be like this world. It means you got to be in the world, but not of the world. You understand that, young people? I'm not saying that you can go be like your friends and go clubbing so you can reach them. No. What the word is saying is do all possible means to connect with them so you can be an impact to your friends. He lived among singers, sinners, sat down with adulterers, stood by the prostitutes, went to a hated tax collector's home. He did this to declare the gospel. That's what Jesus did. He is the prime example. He said to the Samaritan woman, I am the living water because she was at the well. He said to the prostitute, neither I condemn you, go now, leave, leave your life of sin. He stood by her, but he told her the truth. To Zacchaeus he said, today salvation has come to your house. Christ is the prime example. But you know what, as Christians, as a convention, as a church, you will sit down this year when 2019 comes and you are going to plan your calendar and you're going to do Father's Day, Mother's Day, and you're going to do maybe a mission trip in July and you're going to plan everything, but it, it is not a way of life for lostness. And if you go to the mission field and you're with a, with a missionary, they live missions every day because they're planting a church. They have no church. My kids, for almost five years, they had no youth group. We didn't have a church. We had to plan our own. Home was our church. When people started coming, and we started reaching people, and so we had to rent a place. So what are you doing to reach lostness? What is God putting in your heart? When we go to people's homes, serve the community, and direct our church to lostness, and become whatever is necessary to win some, people will see God's glory through us. The presence of the Holy Spirit will be seen by all our people. And the gospel will become real. What does God want you to go with your, do with your life? So that brings us to the first point. Missions demands directing our lives to other religious ideologies, beliefs, by learning about them in order to save some. I've preached the gospel to all kinds of people. And sometimes, you know, thinking of your people with many Asians there, universities, they're atheists. You know, young men start telling me about the Big Bang and science and everything they know about science. And in the end, you know, they think they're, they're over, you know, their point of view is going to intimidate me. And I just smiled and I said, wow, man, that's an amazing story. He goes, right, Caesar? Then stop believing in this God. There is no God. I go, no, I'm amazed because you have more faith than I do. What are you talking about? You believe everything was created out of nothing, out of an explosion. That's a lot of faith. Because I believe someone created it. So in, in reality, you have more faith than I do. That's an amazing story. Ah, you're just playing a trick on me. So I remember this young man who is this 
really bright guy, he said to me, okay, Caesar, you know, you always tell him about eternal life, about going to heaven, and, and you know, that I'm going to meet with Jesus when I die. Okay, and, and, you know, you change your life around, and supposedly God changed you, and you're living a good life. But what if, Caesar, what if you die, and there is no God? Ever since I accepted Christ, I changed my life around. I stopped drinking. I stopped fighting. I was faithful to my girlfriend for once. I've been faithful to my wife, who is my wife now. I think I'm an okay dad from everything Scripture tells me. Okay, suppose what you're saying is true. Do you think I'm living a good life? Yeah, you're a pretty decent guy. But that's my faith in Christ. Now let me ask you this. What if you die? And there is a heaven. And there is a God. Well, I never thought about that. You have to start talking to people. You have to start listening to them. And it doesn't always mean that you're going to have all the right answers. But you got to connect with lostness. Verse 20 and 21. Here Paul is talking about Jews under the law. Probably including Gentiles, God hears ethnic Jews. Those not having the law refers to Gentiles apart from Jewish influence. Like a Jew, like one under the law, means that Paul wasn't joining and accepting their theology as his. He was among them, listening to them, spending time with them, learning more about them in order to proclaim the gospel effectively. He did the same thing in Athens. He said, I see that you are very religious because you have many gods all over this place. I see that you have a sign at the back that says, to an unknown God. Well, let me tell you about my God, my Jesus Christ that I know personally. You got to listen to people. You got to have conversations. You got to learn about them. You got to know where they are. Listen to them. Become their friends because... When you start listening to them, then they're going to listen to you. Becoming all, friend, all things. Becoming Canadian, European, Asian in order to save some. I asked my son David one time, what do you say we came back from Spain? Now he was there for almost five years. Since he was five years old. You know, he practically developed there. So I asked him, when your friends ask you where you're from, son, what do you say? He goes, well, I say I'm from Spain. I go, really? So your dad's from Chile, your mom's from Venezuela, you were born in Canada, and you tell people you're from Spain. And he says, yeah, dad, because, you know, when we're on the mission field, we became Spaniards. And I said, wow, you're truly a missionary. What do you need to become in Vancouver? What do you Asians need here so you can get together with them and preach the gospel. What do you need to talk about? I can tell you one thing. I know a lot of Asians are lonely. A lot of them have the pressure of, you know, making money and getting their careers. And that's the time you have to meet with them. And tell them that there's a hope. That there's more to life than living this stressful life. And share your story, how you made it. To Jesus' ways. But the worst mistake we can do is just accept Christ and just forget about everybody else. There's a lot of people to reach.
And I know this sounds like I'm making it about Asians, but you have a huge responsibility because your people group is way bigger than mine. That's a fact. You have way more people to reach than I do. So get started and get out there. Because if we start reaching Asians and, and you know, everybody starts believing, can you imagine the impact in Canada? If all Asians believe, brother, you're talking like 20% of Toronto. How much percentage of Vancouver? Can you imagine the impact on Canada if we start planting churches all over this place? Start with that and think about that. That's what missions is. So what do you need to become to reach your people group? That's what Paul is teaching us here. It's learning where they're at. It's talking to lostness and how they're hurting. And I know what you're going to say, oh, it's easier for you, it's easy because, you know, you're like that. You're just aggressive. But, you know, Asians are not going to respond to that. Yes, they will. I've shared gospel with Asians in Starbucks, and I look weird. I'm so different from them. But they listen to me. Because they say there's something about you that's believable. Yeah, it's true. Because I'm preaching the truth. Whenever Paul Johnson invites me to his church, because there's always lostness there. There's always university students that are, are invited all the time. So whenever I go there, I do an invitation. And you know what? Kids always come to Christ. I was training this girl like about three months ago and, uh, and we're boxing, you know, and she wanted to learn how to box. And she goes, you know, Caesar, before you left to Spain, you came in a hurry because you had to go preach at another church. You did an invitation. This was like five years ago. Did you know I came forward and I accept Christ that day? I go, I had no idea, Grace. She goes, yeah. And I was an atheist. I go, what made you accept? And this I don't want you to forget. Did you hear that? What, I asked her, what made you accept? And you know what she said? I never heard before. We have to go out there and share the gospel. Do it in your environment. Do it at your school. Do it in business. Do it in every opportunity that you get. And that's what Paul is teaching us. Missions demands directing, number two, directing our lives to lostness by willing to develop relationships with lost people and becoming what people need. Verse 19, Paul says, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. When was the last time you were like a slave to lost people? Wow, that's pretty deep. What does that mean? It means to get out of your comfort zone. It means to be with people doing things you don't really enjoy. It means to do things that when people are saying bad words or smoking in your face, but you're there with them to love them and to have the opportunity to share the gospel. You want to have dinners after church? Try inviting all your friends to dinner. Your lost friends. Make it a missional thing. And let me tell you, when you put people in contact and an opportunity to hear the gospel, things will happen. In your country, you have one of the fastest growing churches in the world. Because in China, you go to there, take a mission trip to China. All the leaders, church planters in China, they have no fear. They share the gospel whispering because they can go to jail for it, but nothing stops them because they know they need to do it. 
that we come to get to Canada and we get comfortable. And life is about working and making money and getting our careers and just coming on Sunday and spending some good time as, as, as the way that we do. It's more than that. Missions is getting out there. Missions is preaching his name in every opportunity that we may get. When was the last time you were like a slave? Slave means you got to do things, whatever it takes, and do things that you don't like. You don't like cooking, but you, you have a family of 20 people that's coming over your house. So you got to cook. You know what they used to call me in Spain? Burrito. You know what a burrito means? Burrito is a little donkey. And the reason why they call me burrito, not because I eat a lot of burritos, it was they call me burrito because he goes, you're like a little donkey because I started helping people move. And I didn't enjoy it. One family asked me, hey, Caesar, non-believers, everybody was non-believers there. Can you help me move? Because, you know, they saw me a little bit stocky. In Spain, let me tell you, when you move someone, it is hard work. No elevators. Sometimes in the buildings that I used to go out and move, I used to walk sideways because I didn't even fit. Like narrow. So we had to move the furniture through these little hall- hallways and then, you know, maneuver and go down the, the stairs. It would take the entire day. The couches and the big furniture, you had to lower them with ropes from the balcony. And I'm like, what? And I remember the last person I moved, she lived on the second floor. We get to her other building. She goes, I'm sorry, Pastor, but we live on the fifth floor in this one. Uphill. So I was known as a burrito. So when Spaniards had to move, hey, call the Canadian pastor. He loves to help people move. No, I didn't like it. And when they would come to my door, I would, yes, yeah, sir. And then I would close the door and I would look at my wife. <laughs> honey, I'm tired. She goes, I know, honey, I'm so sorry. But if I know, you know, this is an opportunity to talk to those people. So you know what? All day moving this family, they see me, wow, I can't believe you did this for us. I go, it's okay, they're right. But then I said, hey, I'm preaching today. Would you c- want to come to our church? What do you think a family that you just helped them move is going to say to that? They all show up. They would all show up. I did things in Spain that they were unheard of. I'm going to tell you a real secret one. Don't tell anybody this. Don't even tell my boss because it doesn't look good on a missionary. There was a kid that used to come home crying because he was being bullied at school. So I looked at him and I said, come here, son. You know what? On Monday, I'm going to go to your, ch- on, to your school. Really, Pastor? What are you going to do? I'll just pick you up. So it was, you know, it was a little bit cold. It was winter, like, I don't know, 12 degrees over there. That's cold. So I have this really long leather jacket I put in a black toque. I didn't look friendly. Now, no one knew, but in Spain, they're afraid of Latinos because Latinos are always doing crime over there. Unfortunately, those are my people. So I go there and I stand there in front of the school and I'm just standing like this. And all the kids are like, from high school, they're going on, they're like, they're staring at me. And I go, hey, Carlos! Hey, 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 Carlos! So they're all like, so I make sure that everybody, that's my voice, you know, hey, Carlos! Daga! So the whole school's looking at me. He goes, oh, hi, Pastor. Don't call me Pastor, just call me Jesus. Hey, Jesus, what's up? Hey, come on, let's go. That's all I did. That's all I did. So we get in the car and I go, when they ask you who I am, just say, I can't tell you. 
No one touched Carlos ever again. Because they were like, who's this guy that's going to come over here? Now, it was kind of an intimidating bad thing. Maybe that's not the Christian thing to do. But I felt bad for this kid. But you know, when they gave me all their cards, they gave me this huge card. and You know what people wrote in the card? Nobody wrote how good my sermons were or how I taught them about the Bible. Oh, I remember that sermon you did. When it, nothing. You know what they said? Thank you for helping me move. Thank you for intimidating kids at school so my kid doesn't get bit up anymore. Now, some of the funny thing is that some of those kids actually came to our church and they go, that's your pastor? <laughs> and they would go, wow, that's a cool pastor. But what do you need to do? Become all things. Use your resources, your abilities, your talents, your time. What is fun and not so so fun to connect with lostness in order to declare the gospel. That's mission. That's what missions is. Jesus said, I have, I have come to serve, not to be served. When was the last time you served people? When was the last time you had people to your house to eat? When was the last time you just did things to help people? You know what I had our youth do over there in Cochrane one time? There was a snowstorm in September. Yes, it was depressing. September, we got a snowstorm in Cochrane. We're like, are you serious, Lord? Okay. So we wanted to connect to the community where Bow Valley Church. So you know what they did? They all went to shovel snow at 6 o'clock in the morning all around the community. Now, can you imagine people that were depressed because there was a snowstorm all night and they came out, all their windows, their cars were cleared and all their driveways were cleared and all we did was put a little note in the door said, just, we love you from Bow Valley. People came to thank us. People literally came to the church and say thank you and stay. We need to serve our community. You need to think of ways to reach this community and, 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 and connect with them. Materials, plans, books, calendars, not even church buildings don't impact people. Things don't make disciples. Disciples make disciples. You need to connect with people. So what is God telling you? Missions is more than doing Christian events for community. Missions is joining community events to bring Christianity. Chinese New Year? I'm sure there's a lot of events here in Vancouver on Chinese New Year. Go join your community. And I know some of you are going to say, Oh, Caesar, you know what happens in those things? In the world, but not of the world. I joined Latin parties over there in Calgary, but I don't go there to drink or say bad words or get into a fight. We are there to impact people. Connect with your community. What do you need to do? And lastly, missions demand strict training as an athlete to win the prize. Verse 24 to 26, look what it says. Do you not know that in the race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get the crown that will not last. But we do it to get the crown that lasts forever. Therefore, look what he says, I do not run like, like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. You know what that means? 
that what, what Paul is so strict and, and so blunt in saying these things, that if you're a Christian and you have salvation and all you're doing is coming to church on Sunday, that's your life, and you're not connecting with no one during the week, you're just a boxer hitting the air. You're not connecting with no one. And any boxer wants to connect. Right? So who are you? Are you the Christian just shadow boxing? Are you the Christian that's really in a fight with Satan, reaching your people for Jesus? Who are you? That is mission. That is who you be and you should be. But Caesar, I don't have the character. I don't have the aggressiveness. Yes, you do. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you. And you will be my witness. What God is saying, that's like if you step into a ring to fight Kung Fu and Bruce Lee came inside of you. What are you going to do? You go, whoa, right? You have the Holy Spirit in you. You have the power of Jesus in you. So let your light shine and let this gospel be preached truly to your people from now on. Don't just give an offering on missions, which is really good. But live missions. If you haven't gone to Guatemala yet, what are you waiting for? There should be like a group of 50 of you going with Henry Lou every year. Because I'm telling you, it's life-changing. God will transform your life. And you will see people come to Christ. It is time to live for Him. It is time to live missions. So be like an athlete that trains hard in the Word, praying, learning how to share the Gospel, going to Sunday school in order to go, not just to go home, they're going to the lost world. Come to church to get trained and be inspired, encouraged, and revived in order to leave here with a mission that is active in your lives. Leave here to reach this world for Jesus. A mission that is everlasting to get the final and best price ever. Because when you get to heaven, your engineering diploma is not going to be there. Your account is not going to be there. Your car is not going to be there. Your house is not going to be there. Nothing of this world is going to be there. The only thing that's going to greet you is that person that says, thank you for sharing the gospel. I remember you. What is your goal in life? Is it to win the everlasting price? Or just live to die in this world? I'm doing a movement with youth and it's called Live to Live. What are you living for? And our verse is Isaiah 49.6 that states that we are the light to all Gentiles. To save the world. What are you living for? Because I think if you start being missional in your community, you're going to have to be thinking about buying a new building. You're going to need five floors. And you're going to need many more buildings because you're going to have to plant more churches. It may seem like craziness, but I'm telling you, God does amazing things when we're willing to be missional. If you're not living missions here, you're like a boxer beating the air. Be like a boxer that connects, connects with your community to the ends of the earth 
declare the greatest message ever told to get the crown that is everlasting. Are you compelled to, sh- to reach people? Are you compelled to preach the gospel? And in verse 16, he says, Yet when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, for I am compelled to preach. And then he says, Woe to me! Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. That's like saying in our culture, Woe to me if I don't finish university. Woe to me if I don't become what I want to become in my career, right? Are we like that? Yes, we are. When was the last time we said, Woe to me if I don't reach somebody for Jesus this year? Because in 2019, if you make one disciple, all of you, you will double next year. Have you thought about that? That's what missions is. It's more than an offering. It's more than a month. It's more than a theme. It's living missions every day of our lives. Amen? Where's the piano player? Brother, I'm sorry. I'm Latino, so I'm spontaneous. You will see that if you ever go to Guatemala. Play something, anything you want. Or whatever you have there. See, now we're being missional. Oh, we've never done this. Hey, if you go to Latin America, it's going to be like that. The pastor will say, go play something. Hey, you, come over here. I want to share something with you. And you're like, oh, wait, hold on. It's, it's messy. Now breathe. Think about lost people. Think about all the Asians in Vancouver that need Jesus. And no one has told them. It is time for you to tell them. This Christmas, it's time to share the gospel at your dinner table. Because I know you have family that don't know Jesus. But you're afraid to say it. You're afraid to declare. You're afraid that you might get laughed at or they might say, just don't even bother. There are family members here that were lost for many years. But eventually, came to know Jesus because his family or her family was dedicated to God. Are you truly living missions? Because our missions offering was founded in China. It is time to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. It is time to share like never before because you guys are warriors and you are successful. So be successful for Jesus. Truly be who God creates you to be. Amen? Let's stand and pray. Dear God, I thank you for this day. And you know, bro, I, you know, God, that I, I, I love my Chinese brothers and sisters. God, you know that some of my best friends are the home that I stayed over last night. We have seen, Lord, your church grow. We have seen this church grow. But I know, Lord, you know. That we are capable of so much more. You don't see borders, Lord. You don't see a church building 
you see many churches planted all around us. Lord, I know there are people here that you're calling them on the mission field. I know, Lord, that you probably caused them to plant other churches to reach their friends and their neighbors. I know, Lord, that there are youth here that have a heart for missions and, and would love to share your message, but sometimes are afraid. So, Lord, may we leave our fear in your hands today. When we, when we, Lord, help us pray for our Asian people that we can be an impact all across Canada. And I pray for this church, Lord. Thank you for the pastor. Thank you that he was over, uh, able to overcome this, this illness that he had, Lord. Give him strength. Lord, I pray for his heart, for his wife, for his family. May you continue to do the greatness that you have been doing through them and through this church. And Lord, we, we envision greater things that will come. That as we get close to 2020, you will put in our hearts, all of us, a missionary heart. Lord, we pray that this 2019 will have more lost people over. That we'll have more people eating here after church downstairs that don't know you, Lord. Help us be missional. Direct our lives to lostness. Help us go on mission trips. And help us, Lord, trust in you. And may the power that you use to reach people come from your Holy Spirit that lives in us. And today all we say is, here I am, Lord. Take me. Use me. I am willing to be a missionary wherever I am. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen.